Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode four of Now or Nevers with Billy Nevers. This week, I've got a mad, mad, mad episode for you. Uh, I've got not one guest, not two, but three this week. I've got three wonderful, beautiful women on my Zoom screen that I'm going to chit-chat with this week. <laughs> I've got royalties, Nicole Raquel Dennis, Aisha Juwondo, and Danielle Fiamania. What one, ladies? What up? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you don't understand. I am so excited to have this chat. Um like I said, I've only ever had one guest on at a time. So to have three people, carnage. Absolute carnage, carnage, messy. carnage. Messy. Chaotic. I love it. You, you know, messy, chaotic. <laughs> no, I'm so excited. But these girls ain't going to gust themselves. So I guess I might have to gust them for them. Um, but nice. I've got three people, right, who are eating up these jobs. They're eating up these jobs out here. I got, oh, I've got Nicole out here. My girl is about to go be Effie White. What are you saying then? What are you saying, Effie? <laughs> no, I've got, I've got Miss Tina Turner on the chats. Miss Tina Turner on the chats. And I also got Miss Disney's Snow Queen. I got the, I got the next, I got the Elsa's coming up in here. My girl, Danielle, <laughs> she's about to be Elsa out here in the streets, oh theater days. or jury lane and that. Um, no, I'm, I'm so happy that I have these wonderful people in front of me because let me tell you, they are, you know, they know their shit. They know their shit. Um, but we're just going to talk about all things life, all things theater, life, uh, just the experience of each and every individual. Um, and I can't wait. Um, so I've got, and you lots have done some really exciting things, so I cannot wait to discuss them further. Um, but let's start. Let's start with you, Nicole. Let's hello, Nicole. Hello. Hello. Um, let's hear. Let's hear the story. How did it start yeah. for you? Because you had a really interesting route, didn't you, into professional theater. Um, yeah I mean I kind of like hustled <laughs> my way in yeah. um just grew up like normal college whatever and I didn't get into drama school so got a normal job working in TGI Fridays for a few years then was a bartender for a few years 
um, and just kept on going to like open auditions and doing whatever I could um, in terms of like lessons at Pineapple, which I didn't love because she's not a dancer. Um, <laughs> but just doing whatever I could. And then I went to the Dream Girls Open Call in 2015 um, and then got to finals for Effie, but didn't get it. And then the casting team were the same as Disney. Um, and then they gave me audition to work at Paris. So it just kind of started from there. And then it was just, then got an agent and just been kind of nonstop. But I mean, I, I would have loved to like trained, but I think it's it's kind of sick not having done that. And still yeah, are you mad? Yeah. Are you sure. mad? Are you That's mad? <laughs> hustle, 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 hustle. Yeah. What about you, Aisha? What about you? Um, I went to performing arts school for three years at age 16. Um, and then I've been in the industry for about 10 years now. Um, yeah, I don't know what much there is to say. I'm so weird at talking about stuff like this. No, like, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's one of those things where you don't want, when you talk about yourself, it's such a weird thing, isn't it? When you're mm. having to explain your, your journey, because you just think it's just life, isn't it? It's just. I just did what I did and I've ended up where I have been but yeah um it's just so mad how um you know the I'm sat in front of three of the most humble people ever and that's the that's the kind of people that we want to see now that's madness um but how was that how was that training that three years at a uh, performing arts college did you enjoy it was it what was that experience like um I don't know it was weird I was really young and a lot of them were older a lot of them had gone to like pardon me sorry like other performing arts schools before and I was just really new and green and I guess I kind of lived a sheltered life it wasn't um I mean single parent home family in South London so it's not like I had this over fabulous complicated life do you know what I mean I was just stepping out of South London and being like oh wow what's this crazy world and people doing stuff and that I'd never seen before and I didn't really go to parties too tough because I was obviously I was younger as well so um I think I actually ended up going to like house parties in my third year but yeah it was it was weird looking back on it it was just really weird and I was one of the only black girls in my year as well so um I just I mean the school the school I went to I'm not gonna mention their names but the school I went to was very big on having diversity in 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 commas um but there wasn't much catering for us if that makes sense Mm -hmm. it was like oh we need you're really good like they don't get me wrong they were good at seeing the potential and the talent that black folks had um and to some degree wanted to elevate that but we're still very very ill-equipped when it came to catering for us in the spaces that they didn't know how to elevate us in properly so when it was mm-hmm. hip-hop and lock and pop it was like yeah yeah you've got this and then all the other things it was like oh yeah just just do that we're like what the hell I don't know what that is I don't know who Rogers and Hammerstein is I don't know who I don't know who these people are like I have no uh-huh. connection like I 
you know what I mean? Every other song was sung by a white person and I'm here like, uh, okay. Actually, I'll tell you what, there was one song, it was um, Daddy's Son. It's sung by a black woman, isn't it? I'm not going mad. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I wasn't allowed to sing it. For <laughs> 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 what reason? What? What, <laughs> what do you mean? I wasn't allowed to sing it. I wasn't allowed to sing it. And I thought, ah, oh, because I actually got, it was like one point, I was, oh my God, it's a black song, I could sing a black song. And they said I couldn't sing it. It's not sing one dry song, I can't remember what it was. Wow, some yeah. dead song. Let's, rag, let's th- ragtime is purely about race as well. Like it's yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, here they we go. To you, you know, they do actually. They give you the driest of songs out here. I mean, I feel like every single person I speak to that has had that drama school experience or a performing arts college experience always says that's always a running theme about the songs. No yeah. one. They're always, always telling you to sing the same dead, dead, dead tunes. No. And it's mad because I'm classically trained, but but there are there are classicals out there that involve black people, and yet that right. was never really brought up when I was in first year. And it was like you need to have this. Like I think I probably left, and please don't kill me. I probably have the same songs in my rep folder as I did when I graduated, <laughs> which was probably like four. And that's what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's for. And it's getting you them jobs, you know. It's getting you them jobs. So keep them for their miracles. <laughs> They're working miracles. And Danielle, what about you, girl? What about you? Yeah. My, girl, my girl's from the Scotland. Scott from the Highlands. No, yes, I grew up in Glasgow. And I literally was doing like, they had like a great um, kind of like, you know, theatre school, kind of stage school scene. Um, so yeah, I just trained since I was like, ser- like seriously, I guess. Um, it was kind of like a three day, three day a week thing. Um, and yeah, I'd go like after school and then I'd do a whole day on Saturday. And I was doing that when, since I was like 10 or 11. And then it got to like, I got to like 16 and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And I was like, maybe I'll do geography. And then I just remember waking up one day and being like, nah, there's no way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to do this. Um, and yeah, and I applied for drama school so like we, we were we're all a bit younger in Scotland so I was 17 when I applied um and literally just re- remember looking at all the drama schools and seeing like this name to Shan Williams and being like oh my gosh who is this bearing in mind yeah I grew up in Scotland so there's no black people um and I remember seeing this girl and being like what what is going on and she went to GSA and then I applied for GSA um and yeah, that was kind of it. So graduated like two years ago. Um, and yeah, I've been like, just doing my thing. And that thing has been killing it, eating it up every single place you go. Oh um, man, thank you. No, I mean, that is like, I mean, that's such a running theme, isn't it? I mean, every single person so far that I've had on this podcast has been a person of colour, um, which wasn't mm. a choice at first but I think is now a running theme with <laughs> my podcast um just because I think one for me is people that I can actually have a conversation with where we can connect on something instantly um and two it's so interesting to hear that um the same things are coming out of every single person's mouth whether that is someone who has been working for years whether it's someone that hasn't even graduated yet or you know is new to the industry the same issues are being brought up and everyone has experienced a similar kind of um experience which i find really interesting um Mm. like 
like like you said about seeing Tashan, um, that's so crazy yeah. how you know one person, uh, one person's, you know, one person's relevance and one person's yeah. place can really affect your decision as to what you want to do because you see yourself, um, you know, and I think that's why representation is so important because. <laughs> Without that, how um, would you feel comfortable to go there? How would you feel comfortable as a 17-year-old girl to go from Scotland to London um, without uh-huh. knowing that there's anyone Percent. before you that has done that? Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think it's really, I think it's really interesting how, you know, that, that one little thing can sort of change someone's whole um, idea of what their decisions are going to be. Um, and I think that is why, you know, representation, I mean, and now we're in 2021 and the discussions are getting more and more and more and the receipts are coming out more and more and more. And, you know, people are still producing shite that doesn't, that doesn't, you know, live up to the standard that we want um, and need. Um, and that is why there's still people out here and there's still um, young black people of color that are not inspired enough to try it in the industry or in any kind of industry because we aren't pushed to the forefront and we're not allowed unless we like you know hustle and do what we got to do no one's there to be that figure of um of representation which is why I'm so glad that I have three people in front of me that have done some like amazing amazing things that I'm sure like has inspired many people and so many people like I like I just can't even I'm very fortunate enough that when I was younger and I was um you know trying to get into theater um I was watching shows specifically to find myself like take Dreamgirls for example I would go and watch that because I knew that I would feel like I could see myself there or I'd go and see these shows specifically um to make sure that I knew that I could see myself on that stage. Like I wouldn't want to go and see, no bashing it, but I wouldn't want to see 42nd Street because there's no one there that looks like me. And I don't look at that show and go, that's for me because there's no one there that has yeah. done that like me. Um, so I do think that that is so interesting. That's almost like it's such a connector for everyone of a people of color that that's a very similar experience. Um, but Danielle, more on you, what was that like in Scotland growing up, you know, um, yeah. trying to um, start, you know, learning in performing arts, but being the only person that kind of looked like you? Um, and what was that experience like? Yeah, it was a lot, like just my whole childhood. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. Like, I had the best childhood ever and like mm-hmm. amazing support system. But yeah, that just navigating that from school to then, you know, being in a theatre school, all of it, just being the only, you know, person of colour there. It was just wild. But um, yeah, like, funnily enough, I think what it did do was just give me a space to, like, not put myself in a box. So I was just trying, like, everything. I was doing everything. And I actually think I was in a great place where I guess some sometimes it was hard because maybe sometimes they didn't really acknowledge the colour of my skin and that's kind of problematic um but mm-hmm. then equally they just kind of gave me the space to like do what I wanted so it had like its pros and cons um 
but yeah navigating that navigating that was definitely hard and the comparison levels are just wild like and when it comes to any sorts of things I look different I look different from everyone physically so you know ballet classes all of these things the beef with teachers was just like ridiculous because they were like I remember being the only girl in the class that wasn't allowed to do point because I wasn't Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. like my body like she said wasn't aligned wait wait listen so everyone was doing everyone was doing point um (laughs) and yeah she was like you're not ready like your feet aren't your feet aren't where they should be you know I had the sticky out your bum you know, and they say it like... Your booty is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. They don't say it without saying it, but being 12, you like, yeah, you clock it. Um, so that was that kind of situation. And those are the kinds of things that would happen. Um, but other than that, like, I, there were loads of pros, I guess, with it. And yeah, I guess I, I didn't consider myself, you know, I'm going to put myself in the box. I just tried everything because all the other girls could do everything. Why couldn't I, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think baffling, (laughs) baffling, genuinely baffling, just just genuinely wild that like that shit flies. That shit genuinely is like that stuff stays with you as well. Yeah, Uh that stays with you. Like as much as you 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 could be strong or whatever, Mm. that that will always stay with someone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. and I think it's such a different thing, isn't it? It's such a different thing when it comes from that place of being unaware of the, uh, why it's happening to you. Like, I think everyone has yeah. had those experiences where um, something has, um, something's been said or done, or you've had a different response from someone f- for something you've done. Um, and you're unsure as to why that is. And now upon reflection, you know, the clear reason as to why that was. That's but, why, um, like hindsight is a mad thing. Like looking back, <laughs> even conversations I have, this is the thing, like cu- then coming back down to London and actually encountering, like encountering black people, you know, you have these conversations and you're like, wow, that's what that was. Like, it's yeah. just wild, it's so wild. And I think like it that still continues on into professional theater i think that's Mm. still that kind of um those whack comments and those um uneducated um and unthoughtful phrases or things that people will say um really stick as well i mean like um this last year, uh, obviously, we were all very, very, very aware of the uprising in conversation about, um, you know, the injustice within, you know, you know, theatre and the misrepresentation. And that was such a, you know, uh, one, traumatic, two, exciting to see people, you know, speaking on these things that, people haven't never spoken about before um but it was also quite a reflective time I think uh, well for me for me myself I, it was quite a reflective time to think back on some experiences that I've had and you know rethink maybe what that um what that was and you know there was that page uh, that was made up that was um saying stories people were sending anonymous stories about how one I think you know what I ain't making that shit anonymous. I'm gonna, if I've got a story to tell, I'm gonna tell you 
outright that xyz has happened but you know i find that it's so crazy how there's so many problematic things that have happened to so many people um and i say this all the time for some for an industry that holds themselves as the most inclusive um most high represented of every of every background everyone is so accepting everyone da, da, da. for that to be the place where this is where they that's what they hold themselves on and for it to be so problematic and flawed really highlights what you know is out there elsewhere that you know we feel comfortable in an industry that is meant to be so you know we accept everyone we want to do the best for everyone and stand by everyone but it's so Mm. problematic and everyone has had experiences of just absolute shit I mean Mm. it's crazy isn't it that um that that is the case but I think um Within shows, uh, we can't sleep on the fact that um, not enough people know about the 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 culture and know about the history of of black people and know how to deal with black people. Whether that is to do with uh, their hair, their their talents, their you know, but like you said, Danielle, people people are making assumptions from your damn body, which yeah. you know is just a madness um mm. so like so nicole being in say let's take being in dream girls for example being in an all black mm-hmm. uh musical how was that reflected uh off stage within the t- within the team uh backstage say with like wigs and hair and all of that how was that experience um and was it re- represented the same way on stage and off Um, Well, no, (laughs) in plain and simple. It was, do you know what? It was one of the best years of my entire life because of that cast. Uh Also, one of the toughest years I've ever been through because you're doing, you're doing a black show. You're telling a black story. You're singing this amazing soulful music. Everything's been written by white people. Everyone off stage is white. Everyone on the production team is white. So you have this body of white people navigating a black story and that that in itself, <laughs> like that doesn't work. Um, and that was, that was really, really tough. I mean, there were so many different moments when something so small would happen and it would be just blown out of proportion. And it's, it's like being in other casts, seeing how things were dealt with, mm. with the exact same situations with white people, that was never a thing. But, and not just with Dreamgirls, with other shows as well. When a black person complains about something, their first defense is you're being aggressive, you're being this, you're being that, you're being that. And that's why that year was so tough. Because, I mean, anyone that knows me as well, and I mean, my group of friends, like, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not that at all. Mm. Um, But like, I had that, that thing, like over my head that entire year to mm. the point where I was questioning like whoa like what am I doing am I a, am I a bad person um so it was tough like it was real real tough and I think the only thing that made it easier was knowing that when I'd walk into my dressing room there'll be three other girls that look like me and it'll be okay because we were all kind of going through it together but mm-hmm. that shouldn't be the case um no. So yeah, it was it was hard, but had I been had I not been with good people, it would have been the worst. Wow. But 
I, I like the reason the reason I'm going back to it first I thought I'm finished like feels unfinished and I mm. also feel like after everything that's happened this past year that things are gonna change because you you literally cannot you can't sit by and let things like that happen again mm-hmm. Mm. things will change period um and I just kind of want to rewrite that memory in a way yeah that's yeah. lovely and you yeah. can be you can be in charge of that narrative now you can decide as to you know I think as much as it's everyone has had their voice I think now it's it's fine you feel like maybe it's going to be listened to and I think Mm. there's there's that chance now of you know saying something and it not here's the thing it's all based on (laughs) other people no no people of color need to change the way they are at all It's all based on other people. Or apologize, or apologize, or, or apologize for anything, or be, you know, it's all based on other people's opinion and what other people, how their lack of education reflects their view on people. And I think now there's been enough for those people to uh, grow from and learn about that will hopefully change those environments. Um, so I think, you know, and those shows don't come around often to be telling a black story with black people. They don't, they don't come around often. Do you know, and do you know what it is? I feel like Dreamgirls is one of those shows that's on a bucket list for a lot of people. A lot of people, that's like, that's a staple black show. Like a lot of black people want to do that show. So when your experience has just been like controlled by white people, that doesn't feel right because in your yeah. head you're like this is this is a black show that I've been dreaming to do why am I being told daily by white people what I'm doing wrong uh-huh, <laughs> in, a, uh-huh, in a show uh-huh, that I've uh-huh. been singing since I was 10 years old yeah so that feels off um but yeah like things will definitely change for sure they've got to they've got <laughs> they, to. there's no more excuses they've got to They've, they've really got to and I'm guessing from you know Ash you were you were in the original company of Tina right the original West End company I mean and sh- she's now you know doing that she's doing that thing there she's doing them things um seen the videos what, yeah <laughs> I mean, let's, let's talk let's not talk about those whistles I'll be punching the screen. don't I'll be oh punching the still screen. not over it still not no, over I'm it. actually not I think about it like I, I was on a walk the other day and I thought I thought about it and I manifested a photo of her coming up on my feed in that green dress. You know what I mean? Like that's how much I was thinking oh. about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, my girl listened to the saxophone. My girl listened to it and went, I'm gonna match that. I'm gonna match that note. She went, I'm gonna match the damn note. And she did that oh shit. Um no, but what was that like? What was being in, you know, it's it's a a predominantly black company again. Um, and it's a telling of it's telling of a real life story um how is that experience as um so because you covered tina in the first year right you covered tina what was one what was that like that experience of you know being playing a real life uh black woman who is quite a it was an influential person in a lot of uh you know especially in like you know her music is a on a pedestal for for me and for a lot of people what was that experience like being like in a room with her and also how was that experience as you know like a person of color surrounded by that group of people what was that experience like I mean I would say with the with the creative uh, creative company is 
I was very fortunate with, well, I'll, I'll speak for the first year um, first, um, very fortunate in the fact that they knew that they weren't fully equipped in all areas of, of telling Tina's story and were very much my hands in the air. Yes, I'm, I'm on board to make this show, but there were some things that I don't know. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna actually let you guys take the lead you know, it didn't mean that takes away from them being a director or being a musical supervisor. I just, I thought that was a really nice way of, I'm qualified in my job to say, oh, mm. that's, I don't think that's the right direction or I don't think we should be singing at that pace or whatever. And then also, but this, is, this isn't my story. And you as black people probably get a lot of these aspects more than I do. For example, I remember um, there's a church scene in the show and in the first year they allowed us to split into groups of four and they'd ask the question okay so who here goes to church been to church has a religious spiritual background and they allowed us to reenact so to speak our church experience wow and they that's where the church the church came from us they said okay Mm. we need the chairs here we need that here we need it to look like this so that it can translate to the audience but that was us you know (laughs) there were so many things that were that were ours that we were able to embed in the story as black people and so Mm. therefore when we're performing on stage we felt comfortable there was also the fact that Katori Hall wrote it she was from the same area as Tina so she was very hands-on Tina was hands-on and everybody knew when they had to shut up and sit down it wasn't oh but I'm trying to no 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 it was I don't understand you guys explain to me you know and that was I'm very very grateful for that as a black as a black woman as a black person in a show that yes shows the overall arcing story of Tina but I don't have to showcase black struggle through a white person's lens mm. that makes sense um and then covering Tina covering Tina was it's very st- strategic it's not you would think you would look at it and think oh yeah I just have to be Tina but there's so many aspects of her life that you have to take it one chunk at a time and so it's very methodical you really have to think it out you really can't jump the gun you have to be in every single moment because every single moment is has gold in it and every single moment reveals why she then becomes the woman she becomes when from when she's 16 to maybe 21 and then from 21 there's a big gap uh, and age leap to 40 and so you really have to zone in on those nuances and those changes gear changes when she realizes the the power of her voice or when she realizes that someone else values the power of her voice or when she realizes that no one's going to help her in the way she needs help in order to elevate herself and she now has to take matters into her own hands so it was very I felt like I had to grow up all over again (laughs) um taking on the Tina material but then I also felt like I had to I had to 
remember how it was to be young and to be finding my own voice in myself there was a lot of parallels that we that I found myself having with Tina and at first I was really overwhelmed because I just thought that it's Tina I have nothing in common with her but listening to her interviews and so on so forth I just thought actually there's a lot more in common that I have and if I can rewind and have a flashback moment of my own life maybe I can I can lend that to the Tina that I portray wow wow powerful (laughs) wow and I think that's such an interesting thing when you're playing a real person and um so I I saw Tina in the first year um and um you never you never really see uh a black woman as uh, shown in the same way that Tina is in that musical, in a musical setting. Uh, the only ever, t- the only other time I've ever um, seen anything like that was Dreamgirls. Um, you never really see uh, a black woman being at the forefront of a story and the audience being so on board with, um, you know, what like when you know Adrian Warren was a madness. It was a, was a madness when us mm, like the, the audience. 100%. Ate, she needs up. those flowers <laughs> like the, like the odd i was on my feet screaming up here because she was doing yeah. upper madness and the audience which at, which funnily enough at the time when i went to watch it which i clocked was a primarily white audience um still is. they they were well i mean i mean but that's 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 more about who's going to see these shows and the elitism well, I think that comes about who with, they make it accessible to yeah the yeah theater has always been for the elite yeah. The elite from 50 years is different to what elite is now. But, um, and, and, and I, sorry to cut you, but I do think that's something that when we come back needs to be looked at. Yeah. Because I think in this time over lockdown, we've had the ability to work with the brains of people who say, how do we make theatre accessible to everyone? Mm. Um, everyone having, being able to have the option to tune in. And I think when we go back, that's also something that needs to be looked at because there are a plethora of people who want to come but don't know how to come or don't think Mm. it's for them Mm. regardless of their color creed or nationality and I think when we go back don't get me wrong I'm so grateful for the audience members that come because of them I get to tell a story that maybe they don't really know or other people get to tell tell stories and ignite imagination and leave room for um, escapism but also there are people I really want to tell the story to and I can't tell the story to because I can't yeah I don't have that access to maybe lower prices or to be inclusive do you know what I mean yeah 100% that's like like that um that play Amelia um Mm they did this trip where they invited I think it was like mums and their like kids so mums could come and see the show and even I mean they restreamed a couple of months ago and they did a pay whatever you can thing and then you could watch it again and again and again and you could pay for like one pound so all these kids who hadn't seen theatre could watch online for literally a pound that's like Mm. Just and make you know, it accessible. There, there are those there are those initiatives like there's like the black ticket project or yeah. there's the things that do 
these things but a lot of the time yeah yeah, but a lot of the time it's primarily for you know a select handful of shows that are only you know fit in a certain quota of their ticket prices it's not for we're going to make this accessible to whatever you want to see it's about well this show has a little gap in their in their pricing here so we can we can fit this in Mm, and I think Mm. it needs to be something that is explored through Mm. theatres in general that you know we need to make theatre more accessible from you know why am I paying £175 to sit in schools, please? Like, I don't need to pay it's that. It's true. Like, why am it's I true, paying that? That's why. Like, why? We had, <laughs> we had Lorna Gale. I mean, because when, when we, we we spoke about this when we first opened, and Lorna Gale is like, she's honestly, she's like a force to be reckoned with, but she was like, no, we have to get the youth in. We have to get this. And she was the one who, you know, with a lot of people, they married behind her. We ended up getting, being able to get, I think it was tickets for either 20 or 25 pounds. And you could sit second from the front, but you could only book it through the cast. But it just meant it was accessible yeah. to other people. You know? I just so, think yeah. it's, it's just crazy, isn't it? That, you know, people are actually charging that kind of money to see to see these things. And it is it is from, it is from you know, a back-rooted... Uh, it's just it's a long if we went back and back and back and discussed as to why that is the case we'd be here for hours but Mm. I do think that as as a statement theatre needs to be made more accessible to all walks of life because it's just it's it's not fair as such it's not it's not fair to you know hide that from a certain group of people um and all not even just being on stage I mean being on stage and feeling represented is one thing but sitting in an audience and feeling represented is a different thing so like I was saying about Tina I'm sat in this audience watching a story of you know a black woman and seeing all these wonderful black bodies on stage and I'm sat in an audience full of white people um it's sort it's it's almost like a it just it's such a weird parallel um but like I was saying, Tina is the only thing that I've ever seen, as well as Dreamgirls to a certain extent, but where people are, you know, fully on board with um, what, what you know, she was doing and everyone was, it was almost like it was a Tina Turner concert and people were there, like, obsessing over the fact that she was doing what she was doing because it was absolute madness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there needs to be more of that, which is why, I mean, Danny, you can speak on this as well because you've played mm-hmm. the dumb part, but doing and Juliet um and you know they're not it's not a tr- it's not a real life story it is not mm. a based on a real person to see you know people of color uh you know fly up on from the floor on a balcony like singing no. and people going crazy for her um for no reason but because of what she's doing um yeah. is something so special and I think we need a lot more of that but Danny how was that? How was it? I mean, we only we were robbed of Danielle Fiamania's Juliet. We were robbed of it. <laughs> Wait, what, I'll, I'll it? forever be mad. Good stuff. We, we, yeah. Oh man. Listen, mm, let me not There's say that. My mouth is hot. Yeah, but mm. there was oh, that picture. Man. There's that picture of me from Danielle's debut. There's a picture of me. I need to send it. There's a picture of me. Danielle's doing her classic. She's singing at the end like this. And I'm behind. Is it when you're crying? And I'm crying. <laughs> like I'm literally oh, in hell <laughs> of tears. Now I oh, can't tell you day. that day. Let that. me tell you on that day. Cause that day I that went to That was a concert go... day, right? No, you did one. You did, you did, I did one, one show. You did a show. One, show. I did one, one full show. show. Okay. Yeah. 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 
And that full show was a madness. Because I remember anyways, the show was a madness. I was being like six people at once like the day before. So I was vexed. (laughs) I was vexed. I was at (laughs) it. I was like, I ain't doing this. I don't want to go. I went to go see uh, everybody's talking about Jamie. uh, Because my friend was on. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go see the show. In the interval of the show, my phone's blowing up. My phone's blowing up. And it's... um, it's my company manager being like, you're on for this, 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 this. And I'm here trying to work out the dots. I'm like, <laughs> why am I, why am I covering <gasps> in this number? Why am I, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, today is not the that day. So I was like, today is not the day. Check the group chat. There's a picture of Danielle on stage blocking through the Juliet track. <gasps> I, oh my I, God. I ran, 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 ran to the theater. And then that day was, honestly, I can say it was one of the most, electric experiences of my life watching Danny do that I mean you absolutely killed it like what was that experience like playing a role like Juliet um you know as you know a black woman you who were you were young at the time what were you 21 Mm. 22 21 21 yeah 21 yeah 21 and saying it like she did it when she was 12 you you're all spring (laughs) chickens here hello I'm not I want to be like 20 you say I'm not. Babe, I'm 27 in two months. Babe, I'm 30 this year. Let's not go there. Okay? Come on. <laughs> so Nicole, why are you crucifying that? No, no, because... <laughs> no, no, I relate. I was 25 at the start of this pandemic. Whoa. Oh, babe, sorry. 25, 27. I'm mad. I'm mad. Anyway, carry on. Carry on, Sam. Sorry. Maka, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry about that one. No, but what was that like, Danny? Because you were like, you were you were young, you know, and you yeah. like you killed that. And what was that like playing a role like Juliet? Um what was yeah what was that experience like what was it honestly like like, we could be here all day because i could really go into it but it was just like those four it was four days we did utterly like life affirming um like incredible in every sort of way but also (sighs) that role and even that week like we know the you know the lead up i never knew when i was gonna go on that was like the wildest thing yeah. And actually for those, for that night and for those four days, I wouldn't trade anything in that year for what happened like that week. Cause I just felt so grateful and so blessed and like timing is timing. Do you know what I mean? And it just felt like it was all meant to be. And yeah, it was just that role. And I, I'm sure you guys all feel this in the same way. Like as a, as a, as a person, it it really pushed me um in all sorts of ways like in my relationships in the show like how I carried myself like as a woman like as a Mm. black woman as a young woman so many things and yeah the role just comes with so so much for me I think um and yeah I just had the most incredible time um and yeah, it was just wild. I just remember, like, it was it was in the concert one. And because actually for me, the concert, I adore the show, but that was like th- being thrown on to do that concert. We had no idea what was going to happen. I remember yeah. looking at my assistant director. Normally I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm a hide it. I'm a hide it. I'm a feeler. I can do this. I remember looking at her and just being like, 
I really don't think I can do this. Like I, mm. I, and I remember saying to um, one of the cast members as well before going on, just being like, here, I'm, I just want to not even apologize in advance, but just like, I'm a second cover. I, I, I kind of know like my capabilities and I know what I can do, but this was yeah. like, maybe this is so out of my depth. And mm. like, praying like it was a lot because as well you know I didn't know what was going to come out of that night I thought and and you know people came in like what's what's this going to be what's going to be and something happens when you kind of just like we all walked on stage and we all just surrendered because we had no idea what was going to happen I saw Cassidy do it I saw Mel do it everyone just surrendered to the moment and it was just the most magical experience ever so for me the concerts were just as um, they hold so much importance to me and taught, teach me so much about being in the moment as well as you know the actual show and I just mm. remember like I can't remember it was it was after Roar maybe or it was after Problem and Mel like like people were clapping and Mel just like looked at me she just caught my eye and she was just like she was like remember this and you she, was, know, like, at, Mel, and she was like looking Mel at me Mel has that power doesn't she Mel Yo. and especially as you know a black woman who has done bits, Mela Barry, like she, I can't even, I can't even explain how, you know, she, respect on her name. Do you know what I mean? Mela Barry, throw respect on her name. Throw respect on her name, man. Because she, she made me feel so comfortable in that building. She, no matter what happened, she was always there with her arms over everyone trying to, you know, hold everyone and push everyone in the best direction. And, that is something so special. Yo, but I like, remember everyone was saying that day when Danielle did that concert version, it was literally watching a star be created. It was an absolute madness. Weird. And because also, let's not forget as a second cover, none of us, none of us really see it. None of us, I was lucky enough to be in the cover rehearsals just by chance because I needed to learn my tracks because best believe Billy was a hot mess. But... Um, <laughs> I got to see it. I got a bit of a pre-warning, but wow. everyone else hadn't seen it. No one, the people you were playing opposite hadn't seen it. The people that, and to watch people's reaction, their truthful reaction of your performance on stage was, it was unbelievable. And then the audience reaction was a madness. And then, you know, wow. it almost, it just felt like um, watching, like I said, watching a star start, their journey because we'd been waiting and you know what I was like Danny I was waiting for that day I was like when is my girl going on for Juliet I was like what the hell I was getting pissed oh. I was like, nah he would he would literally text me every every now and again being like I'm mad she's not on like get her on. <laughs> I'm, like, get her on. I'm like my sis needs to go on she needs to go on she's oh, she's a madness and you know what I was like to you Danny I was like Danny you better get get on that stage now, now I, like, I understand now I understand what timing means now I wow. like truly really, now That's I understand powerful. what that means so if I'll mm. wait my turn, I'll wait my turn. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that And was... you waited. And you wait. And yeah. I remember we were stood. I remember having a conversation with you backstage in this upstage right wing. And we were saying about you. I was saying, obviously, me just being me. Do you remember before One More Try? I can't remember who I was covering, but when we used to go on and put the <sighs> objects on. Yeah. Um, and I just remember saying it's one of the Juliet moments and I was saying Danny when is that going to be you I was like when are you going to do that and you said one of the most genuinely I don't even think I've told you this but one of the most powerful things you were like my moment is my moment and when that moment comes 
it will come. And I'm sat here patiently waiting for, you know, this is Miriam's moment. This is let Miriam and Grace have their moment and Mm. do, do what they need to do. But my moment will come when my moment comes. And then for you to say that and be so humble with that and then go on and do what you did was disrespectful. And then (laughs) to then be in this pandemic doing 8,000 little bits and bobs, like, and I remember I, when you told me obviously about let's talk about frozen that you are are first cover (laughs) Elsa in frozen and I cannot believe I cannot believe that I'm going to be watching one of my dear dear friends up on there being the first dark-skinned Elsa that has ever graced the stage like it is gonna be it's gonna be a madness um and I'm sure, and I remember the phone call that we had where you were like, um, I'm doing it, I'm going to do it. And it was so emotional because I was like, Danny, this is this is your moment. And I was referring to that moment when you said to me, mm. my moment will come. And wow. I watched you have your moment within and Juliet. And then suddenly those doors closed and then mm. boom, she's suddenly. out here. Suddenly that opportunity came up. And mm. how is that? How are you feeling about that? Um, what? Yeah. Yeah, what are you excited for? What are you nervous for? I'm just, I just want to hear about it all. I'm so excited. (laughs) Gas. Yeah, like I honestly, above all, what's amazing, the producers are amazing and, you know, they've kept us in the loop and whatnot. So like, we're all just excited. And again, like when it happens, it'll happen and life's been a madness. So, you know, you just take it as it comes, but we're all so excited and I just can't wait. Um, Yeah, like I can't, I think what was funny about it is, what's really funny about it is, and I've said it a few times, is like, if someone told me I was going to be in Frozen, like, two years ago, I would have been like, you're lying. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I had, and then when I, when I went in for the auditions, I remember like, my agent, my incredible agent being like, I was like, what are you, this is, okay, I'll go in, I'll go in anyway. And that first audition, my first audition was when I did was when I was in Color Purple. Yeah, I remember. So it was, like a, it was a whole process, and yeah, I just remember like I had a wicked time. I had a wicked time in the audition room, and they were amazing. And then I just thought, and this is what it comes down to. I never thought I could be. I never grew. I grew up watching Disney. I didn't watch up growing Disney princesses. I grew up watching That's So Raven. Like that was where I was at. So. To be like, okay, yeah, you could be like a snow queen. It, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in my head. But the 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 casting and the casting team and all of them, they just there was something that they saw, and so mm. I just you know you kept kept going into kept going into the audition room every time, and then and then yeah, like that was it. And and the thing that I thought was, yeah, like I I really loved you know the energy and you know, how we were working and stuff. And I thought maybe there is something that I don't see um, that, you know, could could come out of this. And, and it ended up being like super positive. But I just never expected that to be the case because I'd never, I've not seen it, you know, in that, mm-hmm. in that way. Um, but yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of come to terms with it now. It was just such, like such a massive thing to get my head around. And obviously I'm so incredibly excited now. And, you know, everyone kind of talks like, you know, it's such a big deal for little girls, blah, 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 blah. And, and you, you, even my head gets wrapped in it. But I truly believe, like, my gifts are not my own and we're all given gifts. Come on. 
are Hello. like power. They're not like they're fully not mine. So like I don't take mm. cre- I cannot take credit for it. I'm just yeah. blessed. And all we're trying to do is everyone, every single person on this planet, like we're all just trying to fulfill what was given. And like mm-hmm. when I go on stage, like when I go on stage, I think it's easy to be like, oh, how are you gonna let that pressure get to you? Da, 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 da. I truly feel like when I'm on that stage, like people can gas me, right? And you, Billy, you know what I'm like when people try to gas me, but like <laughs> fully when I'm on that stage, like we're all on that stage. Like that's how I feel when I went to see my first show, Dream Girls, and I saw all of you guys. You know what I mean? I saw Carly Dyer giving it like strength oh. on stage. Like, yeah. And that's how I am kind of imagining this role. Like, if I'm on stage, like we all are, it's not Danielle. Yeah. It's like we did this thing, you know? So, yeah, yeah that's just, I'm just really, I'm really, really excited. Shit, Nick. Can I like but, <laughs> but I'm excited. Can I add I'm to Please. Go ahead, go ahead, please. First of all, um, it's just not the little girl's dreams you're making come true. You're making my big ass dream come true. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I'm so gassed. Like, I can't wait. I yeah. cannot wait. Because I, I can't wait for that notification. Oh, on Twitter. What, the blue tick? <laughs> no, 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 that no, that notification to be like she's oh, going yeah, on. Oh yeah, the West End people. That what they call West End understudies. <laughs> I've said um, to my company manager, I said to her, yo. I ain't going in that day. I said, I'm not I'm, coming in that day. Oh, I'm sick. No one. Like, You're down the road from me. I'd be like, they'd be like, I thought you saw, don't worry about me. West then we'll go, <laughs> West then we'll go dark. West then we'll go dark. <laughs> Just frozen open. Don't kill me. <laughs> I'll come from tour wherever I am. You know that. Oh my days. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm... I'm literally like, and I think I could probably say it, but a lot of the people, not even black people in the community, but like people of mm. colour in the community that mm. we're like 100% behind you with this. Mm-hmm. Because, oh. um, and and I, I've said it before somewhere and I'll say it again. Black people are more than just a struggle story. Mm-hmm. We have imaginations mm. and we should be allowed to be put into the land of imagination. Um, be it fairy tale, be it non-fiction, we are allowed to exist within those worlds. We mm-hmm. also create magic and should be seen ourselves. As yeah, right. In a sense that goes beyond just the physical, right? Mm. And then something else that you touched on, which I again wholeheartedly believe in, is that the gifts that we have are not our own. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. for us. Mm. Um, yes, we we reap the benefits of them. Yeah, that could be in recognition, that could be mm. payment, that could mm. be in a whole bunch of other things, a whole plethora of things. But right. I think if we know that every time we post something or every time we step on stage or every time we give a word of affirmation, it's not sometimes we, like I said, sometimes we, we gain from that, but it's mm. always for the other. It's always for even if it's one person, mm-hmm. uh, a whole audience, if it's someone across the world that has never been in the country that you're performing in, but gets to see it via a YouTube video. It's for mm-hmm. other people to mm-hmm. awaken their, their spark, so to speak. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, and, and again, it's also doing that, that it's a team effort. Yes. 
This is what I'm, that's, yeah, sorry. Mm, No, no, speak, speak. Yeah, no, it's a team effort, as in, like, you know, whether it's parents, et cetera, et cetera, people that you're around, but, like, if you want to gas me, like, gas to Shan Williams, like, because that's my journey for me. Do you know what I mean? That's who I, Mm -hmm. that's the, that is the reason why I'm (laughs) doing what I'm doing, because I saw that one person, like, and that is the power that that holds. That's the power of your spark. And that's Mm -hmm. why, you need to be given that platform. That's the difference between a young kid seeing Barack Obama as the president of the United States and then going on to the changing the world or not. Like that is the dif- mm-hmm. that's the difference and mm-hmm. and that. So yeah. Sorry, Shara, just <laughs> really no, 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 I completely agree. There's nothing to apologize. It's just and 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 it's nice to know that other people know that as well, you know. Yeah. And that's what I was gonna say. Um, I'm. I have. I have. Ish, I mean, obviously, yeah, we still post it. And look, I did this. I did that. And whatever. Mm. Um, but I'm very much the person who, if you pay me compliments, I'm like, hey, yeah, cool. And I'm. I was in therapy last year. Still am, but mm. anyway. Um, and I said I just have this issue with accepting, um, compliments or accepting praise or accepting a well done. Mm. Because in a way, in a weird way, I mean, I'm very spiritual, but in a weird mm. way, I don't, I know it's not me. I know my journey isn't me. And people look at me and say, well, how did you get this? And how did you get that? And I'm like, for me, it's God. It's not me. Yeah. I just said, let me just be disciplined. And even then, I'm not always disciplined before. Let me be disciplined. Let me do what yeah. I have to do. Right. Mm. God takes the rest. And my agent, my, agent my, um, my therapist said this, and he said, when people pay you a compliment, it's like flowers. Everyone's giving you like flowers. Mm. right and just 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 say thank you collect them and at the end of the day you lay those flowers before god and you say these are for you oh so no oh, no no they're for you okay no please please i can't no <laughs> because because he because uh, i say he she they whoever mm-hmm. you know um that's a conditioning so but i i don't believe yeah. it's just he you know mm. um but mm. i i i truly believe that you are an extension, you are made in their image, right? And so it's not for you to shy away all the, you can be humble, don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's okay, that's fine. Um, but it's, you're, you're, not everyone gets to meet God, right? Some mm. people meet you. And because you're made in their image, that's a God that they see. Mm. Not in a worship idol kind of way, but that's the only connection they have, right? that's mm. the only light they get to see right so when you accept it just be like, okay cool like thanks thanks thank you and then it's like oh here you go god thanks for letting me be you today yeah um, works but i know these me. don't right but i don't i know these don't reside with me because i don't want to make myself my own god but here mm. you go yeah wow 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 <laughs> a whole <laughs> testimony Wow. <laughs> wow. No, I have to take my back there. Wow. I'm so wow. glad this is on record. Gee. <laughs> I'm gonna be listening to this daily. Um, I think no, it's, it's just it's just so nice to hear um just people speak and just speak on, you know, things that is such a a truthful topic just and it's not even like it's not when we say powerful it's not even powerful because what you said is something so it's it's not it's just it's just 
so truthful and everyone well i mean i can't and I'm, I'm speaking for myself when i say everyone but i you know that resonated that resonated with me more than anything i've heard all week you know and that's why it was so powerful and i think that is that comes down to like you said at the end of the day it, the, the root of that is humbleness the root of the root of that is you know knowing knowing your place and knowing as to why you're doing what you're doing um mm. And my, wow, 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 wow. No, craziness. Mind is Absolute, blown. Mind is blown. <laughs> but no, talking about on the topic of, you know, Disney, like, actually, you did a madness up on Instagram. <laughs> and was doing, you know, Please follow. like, was doing a madness. So tell me about how that, you know, explain to <laughs> listeners, like, what that was, how that came about, uh, what inspired that. And yeah, tell all. That came about because I'm a big ass weirdo. <laughs> we love weirdos. Yeah, come I, on, energy, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, it's the beginning of lockdown, right? I have this Cinderella just at home because I've always someone tagged me. Long story, but yeah. Um, and I, at home, heat like the the heat of summer, and I'm just like, what am I gonna do? And if you know me, I don't wear black. <clears throat> it's against my policy. Um, so. <laughs> No, no shade, but I just, I can't. I think the trauma of three years of having to wear all black, I was like, I can't do this ever again. Mm. So I wear quite colourful clothes. Dead. And my friend was like, oh, I think you should just do like a photo shoot of like, clothes in your closet. And I just thought, everyone does that. I'm over that, whatever. It's what it is. If you see something that I wear that I've posted, just ask me where I've got it from and I'll tell you if I can. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then I, I, had a, <laughs> I had a Tina Zoom call. And I decided to wear my dress on the Zoom call because I was just bored as F, right? <laughs> and um, my friend was like, I think you should post it on Instagram. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And then another friend was like, oh my gosh, that could be your lookbook. It can be like a Disney lookbook. And I was like, oh, that's fun, isn't it? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it kind of it um, snowballed from there. And it actually as I was kind of thinking and formulating how I was going to do everything, where I was going to do everything, I, it began to trigger things within myself mm. that were also being reflected in the world around me and around everyone else. And that was um, many things. It was the standard of beauty. It was um, acceptance. It was how... I'm showcased, and I say I, not necessarily personally, but on a collective showcased in the world, how I'm seen, how I'm perceived. And so it led me to uh, not only take photos in loads of costumes, but look at the, the, the captions that I was putting alongside of them. And for me, um, the captions are where a lot of it really hit me personally. So that was my internal outpouring in taking no well-known Disney songs and just changing the lyrics, so to speak. Mm. So, and I did not know it was gonna blow up, just little old weird me in my house. And then it was, everyone was sharing it. And I was like, oh. Obsessed. Do you know what you need to do? <laughs> you need to start like a Diaries of a Black Princess, like challenge. And we'll all oh, yeah. be like, oh yes. <laughs> what kind and, of like, a challenge? Tagging. 
I don't know, like we all have to like all the like Seth we have theme to dress or something. Up like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh That'd be like I, That's and such like a good reel, idea. And, and reels and stuff. I'm like so here. I'm just here for the brand, Aisha. <laughs> I I'm mean, so I've got here the, for it. <laughs> the new series comes out on Monday. Oh my god, I'm so excited. So, I'm, so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I no, need ideas. What, gonna, what kind of challenges am I going to You need to do, obviously, like, Marvel. Do Marvel. Because obviously yeah, Marvel's Marvel. Disney now. Yeah. But I just... but Because I want people to get involved. Because I kind of put yeah. in the little caption mm. thing of tag, you know, if you've ever dressed up or whatever, you want to tag yourself to be featured, just tag yourself to get me and I'll put it on there. Uh, but I, I, I don't know what else to... That's the thing. I just do things and I'm like, so what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> or you need to do, like... You need to do, like... um. Like, you know, when they do the reels and you, like, get, like, your process. Like, I want to see how your process of how you get into um, that yes. sunlight on the bed and you're, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, in I that corner. See, <laughs> I need to see that process. And then the, edi- and then the editing process when you put in the, the yeah, title yeah. after. Yeah. I want to see that. Okay. Let the people is, know. I've got, you know, I've got some behind footages for the next one. The next one is shot in a different location. So it's no giving us options. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but that sun, listen, no, there were some costumes I was wearing and the sun was setting because the sun, the sun till it comes back to my bedroom and I was sweating like a pig. And I'm here like, nobody can see me sweating <laughs> and getting annoyed. I actually remember doing the frozen one, right? Because I bought like these plastic icicles. It was that it was frozen one and it was Pocahontas. So I put the frozen icicles and the and the snowflakes and I stuck them to my ceiling. And <laughs> they was like doing a shoot and one icicle just dropped me in my head and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, people don't know what I'm trying to go for. This one. I thought, oh yeah, I'll stick them up before I go to bed. Halfway through the night, one of the leads drops on my face. Like, no, <laughs> not in the dark. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. I love that. But um, but I'm I'm excited for the next one. Um, uh, I'm literally just trying to get it all out on the actual page, just so I can finish that, and then um, and then it's go time. Wow. Jeez. It is mad, though, <laughs> isn't it? It does make me think, and like going off of the discussion of Danny, you doing Elsa and seeing those, seeing all of those, you know, costumes and stuff on you, Aisha, mm. it just does make you think that with something so mad like Disney, that how it would lived in every, like sort of mo- almost every child's childhood, mm. that um, there just wasn't enough of us. There just wasn't enough mm. of us at all. Um, and some of them I'm so here for that they should have been us you know it's like (laughs) you know it's just it's like what what's going on what is going on and it's this is why I think it's so revolutionary you doing it Danny and you know like seeing is because that's just that was never it and it was and I never and growing up you know I never expected it to be it I never, for some reason, I was, you know, sort of, you know, trained to believe that that just wasn't, wasn't it. Yeah, it's for, just not it. And you look that's elsewhere. So, that's so yeah. wrong. So wrong. Yeah. So thank God that people are going to be able to go to the damn theatre and see it in the flesh. See yeah, it in the flesh. Wicked. You know, wicked. see see a dark-skinned princess. And I mean, that in itself is something, you know, talking on, you know, 
within you know we'll touch on it the the colorism within casting itself um mm. is such a topic and I mean as someone as a mixed race as a mixed race mm. person um I have to set aside myself in that conversation because the only way that I'm gonna you know appreciate my own struggle is by fully respecting and appreciating the people that mm. uh, have more struggles than I do the only mm. way that the, the, on the discussion of colorism the only way that we can you know respect um everyone's journey and everyone's experience is if we understand our own privileges in that in that sense and understand right. um the the experience that other people who are experiencing it more face on is what they're experiencing so you know i think to see it um on on that scale of you know a dark-skinned princess is a madness and you know obviously uh, the and the and i think colorism is such a huge thing in life and in casting anyways um Mm. you know with with being told you know in my own experience as being a mixed race person you know you get told sometimes you're not dark enough for this you're too light for this and that's one struggle in itself but that's nowhere near a struggle of you know living with um you know someone that has experienced you know being of a darker skin tone comes with so much more and i think the only way that i can fully be uh a representative of you know the black community or is to understand that and understand mm, the fact that it. i hold i hold uh, my own privileges in in so many different ways and to appreciate mm. that on other people so on that topic like um has there ever been you know like i've said i've been told you know too white too this too that the other in terms of casting um you know, like Nicole, what was that experience like? You know, in Dreamgirls, um, being in a, almost an all an all black production, but everyone being of slightly, you know, different shades of shades of black. And I think that is a conversation that we never really have. We never really have in that. This, what what is that like? What was that like? And also playing Effie, playing the title role, someone of a lighter shade. Mm. How was that experience? Um. I mean, it was it was beautiful one to see and to be around people of different skin tones. Um, the first time I noticed that was doing Mormon and just being with everyone who was in like Ugandan tribe and everyone was different skin tones. It was so beautiful to celebrate that. That's when I first started like celebrating my blackness. But in Dream Girls, it was just you know it was weird because I was one of like the first Effies to be a lighter skinned Effie. Um, no. And everyone knows like the story of dream girls and when like Dina takes over, it's because she's more aesthetically beautiful. Um, And that like the whole story of dream girls is colorism as well. Um, So that was kind of like crazy to me. I would literally like, (laughs) I would go to like tanning salons once a week um, and like tanning beds and like get a bit darker. No, <laughs> no, I did it. I did it in Book of Mormon as well because I did. Yeah, it I know, I know you did a lot. Other people had to, and I used to piss me the heck off. Yes, yeah, because I just and thought, no, they're black. They're it was black. a lot. That was a lot, and I, I remember, yeah. like, first of all, it messed up my skin, and I'm so obsessed with skin now. I could not even imagine going into a tanning bed, but I was like, y- you know, you just don't feel like you should be in that position 
mm-hmm. it was that and I felt like I was taking someone else's space and that that felt awful but then at the same time I'm around all these beautiful black people who were championing championing that's the word you on and recognizing that your space is important as well so that felt wow. so powerful um one of the things like I remember in Evan Hansen that was that was weird because like I was the only person of color on stage um <clears throat> and like Alana's not a she's not a black character she's just a character that happens to be only cast like black um, I think that says a lot more about you know the vision of people <laughs> casting the show and the producers yeah. other than yeah not the people doing it but um but I remember like a stage door experience um there was there was a, a dark-skinned younger black girl who just said like thank you for like representing on stage and my heart broke because I'm like yes I'm representing but I'm not representing for like you're not seeing yourself on stage that's mm-hmm. not right and that broke my of course like I, I was filled with like so much joy because I was like wow like that's amazing presentation on stage but like you're not seeing yourself on stage and for a show that you love so much and she loves that show and she she was so sweet and she loved that show but like she just needs she needs to see herself there and yeah. she she doesn't and the fact that she thanked me because she saw representation a like, part of her she saw a part yeah of her. she saw a part of her i just wish she could have seen like her and like I her think, on stage you know i think that's such a it's a thing like i said it's more about the vision of other people um, mm. and how they see it and i think we as performers almost we're i'm longing for the day where you know i can i can be cast in a show by a person of color by a black person um you know, Do you know because- what it is as well like i'm turkish i am desperate to do like a middle eastern or a turkish play or something but then mm-hmm. I get told I look black and yes, I'm mixed race, but I'm Turkish. Like I'm Turkish as well, but I don't look Turkish. This is the thing that I so find the biggest I issue. The biggest issue for me is one, let's talk about, you know, you said about the tanning beds. Black is not fake. No one can fake blackness. So there we go. Whatever the hell the damn hell that is. Uh, God knows. And Mormon also, was a mad thing. Who Madness. is, who is wild. To, oh, the, gosh, but who is to tell you, who is to tell you what you are? My girls sat it. you're Turkish, right? Who's here to tell you, you don't look Turkish enough or you don't look, man, shut mm. up. I am Turkish, you know? <laughs> but, you know but, but, but you know what it is? Society, society has like conditioned our minds to look at yeah. one race, one country as one image. Like yeah. even in even in media, photo shoots, even like South Asian people and Indian people, we're conditioned to see what's on magazines. We don't uh-huh. see the real country and different people and mm. people look like so many different beautiful things, but we only see what the media puts out. Same with theatre, same mm-hmm. with TV. They cast what they have in their mind. Even when you walk into a cast room, they've made up their mind already, unless you're that powerful that you can change their perception of what they think you're meant to look like then that's going to be media Mm. i just find it we don't have imagination in casting this is it yeah this is and you know it it comes down to laziness comes down to laziness it's true 
it comes down to that. it comes down to the fact that they can't be bothered to see past their view of what is right. So take the Ugandan tribe in Book of Mormon. They can't be bothered to, you know, research uh, or, you know, look into the actors that are coming into the room. They they just are looking at face value. Mm, yeah, not right, not right. Looking at headshots. Who did it? I don't care about all that, you know, because if it, it, no one, no one can say what do you get what I'm trying to say? No one can say yeah. this what I mean. It's this why the tanning situation, all this mad shit just doesn't sit right with me because who are you to tell me that I'm too light for this too dark for this when I may have had that I have that experience like I love that experience yeah oh yeah like daily that's real life for me and also Mm. the ironic thing is you're giving me that experience by you telling me I'm too this too that you are adding to my experience Mm -hmm. so you can't tell me that I can't do that experience because you're adding to it and you're 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 adding to the issue of my experience so i think yeah it comes down to laziness and that there's no imagination there's no imagination and this is the thing why should i be shocked that you know we're having why why am i here going mad because we're having a black disney princess having a black elsa why am i going mad about it like it should just be like oh yeah that's what an amazing job this is happening Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. want to be sat here looking at the first black this, the first da 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 Because I'm sick and tired right. of that. I'm sick and sick to death of seeing that. Because it, at the end of the day, the issue lies with other people. The issue lies with the laziness of, of casting, which is why mm. I praise the just the the diverse productions that have that have been mm. in these last few years. Because there's so there's so few there's so few of genuine honestly in the last few years i've seen more like diverse productions but i wish i saw that when i was younger yeah like seeing like jamie and six and things like that like seeing yourself represented in so many different ways on stage i can't imagine the kids like watching this now Uh yeah like the new wave is like oh my beginning. it's so beautiful and it's like if only we had that when we were younger, we had to kind of like make our own spaces or yeah. really, really try and find space for ourselves. It wasn't just there. Obviously, this is minor and it should be much more like a bigger scale right now. But like, if you compare what we have, well, had in theatre mm. to 10 years ago. Mad. Mad. So different. But yeah. also talking about opening up spaces and creating spaces, Nicole, you did something last year at the Turn Up concert that oh, was yeah. um, a madness that created a space and created a platform for uh, for black voices in a time of need, in a time of mm. you know n- longing for expression and longing for that platform to express. How was that? How was that experience? One, being the other side of the table, being part of the producing mm. side of it. And two, uh, gathering a collective of black voices to uh, create something that was truly, truly powerful. How was that? I mean, it was mad. Like, even to this day, I still can't, I still can't like come up with words to describe that whole thing. It was the most powerful thing I've ever been part of in my entire life. Um, not just because of the, the timing of it, like the height of the BLM movement last year. Um, 
it was the first time I'd worked with Ryan as well. And Ryan was such a massive visionary on this, like this whole project. And he appreciation for Ryan Carter. Wow. Like like proper visionary and the way his mind works, like it's so inspiring. Um, But when we first started the project, we had like maybe like 10 names in mind. And the fact that we ended up with 10, like, like close to like a hundred, a hundred black names. And that's credit to Ryan. Cause he was like, no, we need more, we need more. And just, we just didn't stop. Um, and it just grew to this massive thing. And I don't think anyone expected it to be that big or that impactful. We were hoping to make a couple of hundred or maybe a grand or something for, for some charities. And it just turned into the most incredible experience. And I'll never forget that day of filming was one just chaotic because we were just like we have to get everything done in this in this one day but also it's been so long since I'd seen so many friends and seeing all of my black theatre friends in one space throughout that entire day just coming and going singing singing their bit and it was so we were so short for time that we there wasn't enough time for rehearsal but you know black people they turn up they do the damn thing and they go <laughs> and and Fair that's enough. literally that was that entire day there was no like there was no mess there was no like there was nothing there was no trouble nothing it was just like we're we'll coming in this. we're doing we're doing our work there was no rehearsal like maybe one run through and it was just these black people who had stories to tell through song who just got up told the story and then went and the fact that that was done like in a pandemic blows my mind. <laughs> Literally, like I was just, it was it was so amazing. And like nothing will ever matter as much as that did. Um, and I mean, I want to do it again and again. And we are talking about it again, which is exciting. Um, but it was just so powerful. And the fact that, we made so many black people feel a bit of joy in such a difficult time was the most important thing. I think everyone Mm -hmm. needed a bit of like comfort and a bit of just, just warmth in such a cold time. And I think we achieved that. And that was the most important thing for me personally, but I think for a lot of people. No, honestly, now we've got this, Thank you for, and th- all of us were part of it on this, in, in this yes. podcast. So yeah. nah, th- it was a madness. It was a madness. And thank you for, you know, creating something no, of, of that, you know, of that kind of art to- It was mad, um, like- Oh, just, it was crazy. It was, it was oh. actually crazy. And watching it was a different experience. Like you had some of the best, uh, just the best talented, like, beautiful people up on that stage mm. um, you know you know what's crazy as well that that stage I've seen so many shows there and majority of shows I've seen there have all been white shows um and they've been like the one night the one night shows the amount of people people like Cedric who has worked for years and years and years who that was his first time stepping on that stage like I've never been on that stage like no one no none of us have been on that stage uh-uh. And for the fact that it was so many people's wow. first time on that stage wow. after years and years in this industry, that wow. blows my mind because of how Maybe many concerts have been there. Yeah. This, this, and that was your first time on that. That that's I've been wild to me. Since 2010. I've never been on that wow. stage. And and the amount of concerts and shows that have been at, yeah. that, at that space. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And it was seeing people's faces light up as soon as they step on that stage. Cause it's like, okay, wow, this is what it looks like. This is what this view looks like then. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people, myself included, that's been a dream to perform on that stage because it is a beautiful mm. venue. So stepping on it, I was like, I was like, wow, okay, this is cute. I see, <laughs> I, see I see the hype. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like you're getting people like Cedric Neal. That blows my mind. And Vula, who's not in the musical theatre world, who was just like, Whoa, this is this is crazy to me. Madness. So like that again, firsts, that shouldn't be happening in twenty twenty one. No, and I'm longing for more creative and uplifting projects like that that are you know, uh, I know I from the wait. from the root black mm. from the root black. And there we go. That was what was the most beautiful thing about it was that everything about it was black, black, mm. <laughs> and that is that, blackity black black, and mm. that equals beauty. You know that was beautiful that whole evening. The the poems, the speeches, the the songs, the just the vision of it all was just a madness. And the fact that, you know, it was probably the first time that I'd seen an all black band, an all black, you know, it was just it was just an absolute madness. So thank you for just yeah. creating thank something. You. So, thank and you, thank you to Ryan no, for pleasure. just Thank for you just for being part of it. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. I just I can't wait, but Guys, we've been chatting for long, long, long. So <laughs> the way we could go on, you know. The way we could go on. Might need to get a part two up in here at one point. But no, thank yeah. you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh. I mean, I can't wait to listen to this back and just listen to the <laughs> the excellence that was spilled out um, during this Thanks episode. Thanks for making this space. Yes, buddy. thank mm. you. Thanks I for mean, having us. This space, this space is for people like us, and um, I just want to keep on um, allowing people to have that uh, place to uh, one listen as listeners and to come on and you know speak just damn right truth. Um, but you, this has been such a fun and powerful okay. episode, like powerful, mm. powerful, powerful episode. Um, so thank you all so much. Thank you, thank you so much. You are all absolutely wonderful people um i'm a sign off now guys so make sure you're you know subscribing to the channel leaving reviews leaving ratings follow at now or nevers on instagram and yeah i'll see you next week for another episode peace and love love you guys Bye. Bye. even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.